Welcome to the Gospel in Lagos, the sermon podcast of City Church. City Church is a community of worshippers and mission. We exist to catalyze a gospel-centered movement that renews Lagos spiritually, socially, and culturally. You can find out more about us at www.citychurchlagos.com. City Church, love Jesus, love people, love Lagos. There are some of us, in fact, that mind is neither a good thing nor a bad thing. It's just not a thing, again, for us. It was a thing at first. It became very bad, and then it ended. And I want to say that no matter what we are going to say here, please don't see this as we judging you or saying you didn't do your best or what have you. But at the same time, we're trying to also look into the Bible to be able to by God's grace, prevent the tragic thing that I'm sure you would say happened in your life from happening in the life on the marriages of other people. So um, I think we're to know that uh, introduced, we are trying to renew, we're trying to revive, we're trying to see marriages restored. Because there are some of us, uh, you can say this, that it's not feeling like a good thing. You know why? The spark has gone out, the flame. There's a flame that was there. And it's just, it's, it's, barely, it's barely shining. But for some of us, you say the spark was never even there. What spark am I talking about? Well, I'm talking about the spark of intimacy. Intimacy. Now, I should say this. I said I was nine years into marriage. I am not coming to this really as an expert, right? It's just nine years. I'm not someone who knows it all. In fact, I have the credentials for that. You see, my wife and I were away recently. And you know how those things are. You know, you, you are about going away. You, you, you dream about how it's going to be. It's going to be revived. All of those things. The marriage is just going to be sweet. Just me and her. <laughs> First of all, it was bad because we almost missed our flights. Second, by the next day, four I, no, I cannot say why we fought, because it will, you will say, I thought you were a godly man. Everything that Itunu said, it would just be like, ah. But we had a fight the next day, like bad fight. And um, I don't even know whether I've told that it was at fault. <laughs> well, I'm saying it now. <laughs> As a typical Nigerian man. <laughs> we had a bad fight. We had a bad fight, and uh, it, took, it took a while. But luckily for us, and I would say because of what the grace of God has taught and enabled us to do over the years, we didn't allow it to linger too long. I think both of us came to a sense and said, ha, we just started this thing. We spent too much money. We can't allow this thing to ruin, to, <laughs> to, to spoil. Well, you know, money is always a good motivator for anything. <laughs> so we postpone, postpone the, postpone the fight. But I saw all of that, so you have not come to listen to a guru. But hopefully you have come to listen to someone who God has graced to be able to open his word to us. And um, um, an imperfect vessel in an imperfect marriage, but standing upon the grace of God and the word of God. Amen? So I really want to say this. Intimacy is an essential part of, enjoy, of an enjoyable and fruitful marriage. I have seen it personally in increasing proportions in my marriage. And I hope that at the end of the two talks and the, and the games and the uh, question and answer will be better equipped uh, to work for intimacy in our marriage. Not promising you any magical formulas but hopefully we'll be equipped, amen? So let's go into, let's go, let's start. Um, 
I looked for a definition of intimacy. And the most fundamental one I saw was very short. Very short. What's intimacy? It says intimacy means close familiarity. Two words. Close familiarity. And I thought, you know, that's not that bad a definition because it helps narrow things down. But it's too short in the sense that if you leave it there, I don't think it goes deep enough. It doesn't go deep enough. And um, I'll tell us why. I think we can, we can find not necessarily a better definition, but a better description of what it is from the Bible. And for that, I want us to go to Genesis chapter 2. This verse, chapter 1, 2, and 3, really explains so much of what's going on in our world. I increasingly come back to this over and over again. So Genesis chapter 2, I'll read verses 18 and verses 22 to 24. Verse 18, 22 to 24. The Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. It's not good for the man to be alone. I will make him, I will make a helper suitable for him. 22. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. The man said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. That is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife, and they become one flesh. Amen. God created many things at the beginning of creation. He set, you know, the, the whole thing was in a bit of chaos. He brought order. He separated the waters so that you had waters in clouds, waters in the sea. He populated it with plants, trees. He put animals. And he put human beings, and every time God created, he said that it was good. That's chapter 1. Now, chapter 2 gives us a bit more detail. Because really, all those things that he created were important, but none was more important than human beings. And because, really, the Bible is about God's revelation of himself and what he's doing in the world in relation to human beings, he's going to zero in on human beings. So how did he create them? Well, he created this man. I remember everything was good. But then we read in this verse that there was something that wasn't good. Now, please note, there was nothing that God created that was not good. Everything God actively created was good. What was not good? What wasn't good was the absence of something the absence of a particular thing in his good creation. Amen? He had made things, but there was an absence of something. There was a situation that arose from his good creation that was not perfect, and he said that was not good. What was it? Well, it was loneliness. It is not good for the man to be what? Alone. So God was going to go into action. What did he do? He said, I will, the way I'm going to solve this issue is I am going to make a helper suitable for him. A helper suitable for him. In other words, the first thing we learn is that whenever we try to exist on our own, it isn't good. Amen? 
If you try to live, in other words, God created us for, we're social beings, that is, we socialize. God created us for community. We are not meant to live on our own. And this leads to various, and maybe tomorrow I will soon bring up this slide, this leads to various types of relationships in our lives. Remember, God is creating something that is going to be suitable for him. Now, if you look here, so for, for some of us here in our lives, we are person A, and there is your work colleague there, which is person E. You know, your work colleagues, you guys um, do certain projects together. Some of you are bosses to them, so you direct them. There's a certain level of closeness that you guys have. And the reason why you do this together is because God created you to work, but he created you to work not alone. So there's a certain level of closeness you have because they're work colleagues. How about this other one? You then have your siblings. Now notice the distance between you and your work colleague and you and your siblings. The siblings one is closer, isn't it? In other words, you are closer to your siblings by virtue of the situation. Remember some of you? Uh, I know some of you hate your siblings now, but, but the ones that still love some of, some of your siblings. You were born together, raised in the same house. You had certain experiences together. And so even now, even though the relationship is not the same as when you are living under the same roof, there is still a level of closeness that is there that is better than with your colleagues. So you see what happens? You are getting closer depending on the relationship. Another relationship is your, I should have just called it BFF, right? Your best friend. There's your colleagues. There's your siblings, but then you find this one. They said, the Bible says there is a friend that sticks closer than what? A brother. How many of us have that friend? Uh, oh, the one that went to Canada. <laughs> He's gone away. He left you. The distance is too much now. <laughs> but we have, you notice again, the distance starts getting closer. So one way you differ, your relationships differ, you can tell is how close you are to that person. And the closeness you have to that person also defines the intimacy that you have with that person. When God created human beings, he created us for intimacy. Of course, the intimacy is not going to be expressed the same way in the different kinds of relationships that we have. But the closer we are, the, more, the, dif the difference in the circumstances that we find ourselves is going to indicate the kind of intimacy that we have. Now notice, God said, I will create a helper suitable for him. On the one hand, generically, that is, that points to the fact that we human beings are created for community. But in Adam and Eve's case, it was much more than just any kind of social engagement. In Adam and Eve's case, it was marriage. When he saw her, he said, now this is the bone of my bone and the flesh of my flesh. In other words, no, no um, relationship should express our intimacy more than with our spouses. When Adam saw her, he says, she's mine. Why? Because she was taken out of me. Literally, that 
Bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh means mine. Why? Because she was taken out of me. We are meant to be close together because she was inside of me. In other words, we are not just created for intimacy with people, but we are created for intimacy with our spouse. This is fundamental. Now, some of us, depending on, and sadly, when I've counseled people with this, quite often, some people who have not achieved intimacy in their marriage, they give excuses like, say something like this, I am just not an emotional person. Have I said that? Right? I'm not going to, there's, I know somebody that's already raising up his hand. I don't, <laughs> when is our next, our next session again? Uh, our next session, yeah, well, he's still a work in progress. Or, you say, that this whole closeness thing, it only exists in movies. You know these movies, they always lie. Oh, you mean um, uh, Festus and his wife? Or Dennis and Anita? <laughs> Those people, I know them, they're just pretending. Forget that they sit with each other in church. All of those ones is just for show. Or the one that just says, this is my favorite one. My friend, love is an action, not a feeling. It's a decision that we make. Excuses because of our failure sometimes in achieving intimacy. What the Bible shows here is that beyond just bringing them together, there was something that God was trying to bring out. Here's where I think the original definition for intimacy misses it. You may be misled to think that intimacy is a root, not a fruit. That is, you say, oh, Adam and Eve were brought together. Bangam, that's intimacy. You see, what am I meant to do to my wife? I'm meant to love her. I remember meeting somebody uh, some time back. I was counseling. I said, What's your duty to your what, 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 what is the intention of your marriage and what is your role? said, I am meant to love my wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. I said, stop it. Stop, stop that nonsense. Why well, can't you talk in plain language? You may think that intimacy is something that is given, but actually the Bible teaches that intimacy is not given. Intimacy is achieved. Notice, it says... He brought him, God created the woman, and then God brought her to Adam, right? He brought her to Adam. Adam said the whole thing about this is now bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh, right? Then he adds, the writer then adds, so, and we say most likely this is God that is actually speaking, so shall a man leave his father and mother and be what? United to his wife. That is giving Closeness. The day you go and you sign, you say the wedding vows, you sign, and you say, I am going to be married to that person, there is a given closeness that is there. You move from being Miss This, if you choose, to becoming Mrs. That. As far as the Bible is concerned, at that point, you can move into, both of you can move into the same house. At that point, both of you share the same car. At that point, both of you, uh, what other things do you do? You can start when and co, right? If your wife bullies you into it. Bumi and Pele Deji. It's apples. It's not up to one year. <laughs> one day, one day, the yoke shall be taken off the neck. <laughs> These are all givens. 
They are givings. It is a giving closeness immediately there. Brought together, it happens instantaneously. But notice it doesn't end there. It says, so shall a man leave his, fa his father and mother and be united to his wife. Remember, united, that's what a perfect tense. It has happened. But then it says, and the two shall what? Become one flesh. That is a process. The goal for uniting them together legally is to achieve a one flesh union. That is a process. Amen? So in other words, intimacy is not something that you have given. Intimacy is meant to be the fruit of a relationship, a married relationship that people work on together to achieve something. I hope we understand. If you see intimacy straight away, immediately we are brought together, that is what intimacy is. And then different people, depending on their personality, work out their, their, their intimacy is different. Me and my wife, we are not into PDA. Me and my wife, we don't do uncle. Me and my, it doesn't mean we are as close as the other person. We are just different. No, that's not true. Because nobody is designed at the very beginning to have intimacy as a given. Marriage is a given. But intimacy is something that is achieved. Intimacy is worked out. It is not received. It's like, this one, this is one of the things we struggled with in church, right? You know, uh, for those of you that have been coming here, what are our uh, seven emphases to build the culture of City Church? No, staff must not talk. Don't worry. I've... Prayer, uh, mission, learning, generosity, justice, learning. Eh? Somebody said dancing. That cannot be mistaken for in this church. Like, it cannot be mistaken. Somebody said community. Eh? Going out. Cinema. Amala.com. Definitely. All right, community. Community. What is community, really? Take, if I take Femi now, Femi Akinwari now. I now say Femi, as I've tried over the years. Femi community is important. So if I put Femi now with someone, I say, you know, community means you have to be vulnerable. You need to talk to each other. Femi will say, who is Samuel? I don't know him. Where is he coming from? He may be a criminal for all I care. The mere fact that you are brought together in some kind of reality. Now, Femi and Samuel are members of the same church. That is a given. Femi and Samuel are members of the same body. The same Christ died for Femi and Samuel. The same um, uh, Holy Spirit lives in Femi and Samuel. Femi and Samuel come and attend the same city church. But this doesn't mean that Femi and Samuel are communing together. Amen? It takes certain things. Now, without them being together, you will not achieve community. But them coming together as a given does not mean that community has been established between them. One is a given. The other one is worked out. Intimacy is a fruit, not a root. So shall a man leave his father and mother, be united to his wife. However, the two will become one flesh. So what then is it? Well, I'm not going to give a definition, but I'm going to give 
descriptors. That's what we'll use um, um, this first talk. I'll give some descriptors, but with those descriptors, I'll give five descriptors. With those descriptors, I'm going to talk about what intimacy isn't. So maybe that knows maybe where some of our relationships are. I'm going to give five different things. Um, I think the Bible teaches. We'll go a little bit more in the text in the second talk, but I'm just going to summarize from certain things that uh, from the text we'll see in the second talk. So there are five things that if you want to get, I think, a full understanding of intimacy, there are five descriptors of what intimacy requires. Number one, presence. Number two, openness. Number three, engagement. Number four, affirmation. And number five, closeness. So what isn't intimacy? Well, let's take presence. What would be the opposite of presence? Absence. Absence. It goes without saying that this presence, as I've already tried to establish, that you have to present one another, that presence is the first ingredient to achieving any kind of intimacy. But, now this is where Lagos comes in, this is where some of us with high power jobs, where you have to travel a lot, it is amazing how many couples don't see each other. Now don't get me wrong, they, 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 are, they, have this, they share the same address, but they do not see each other. It may be due to work commitments. Maybe you travel once every month. You put about a week into that. It might, that's you are away 25% of the year. Maybe you then give, you're now giving yourself to some kind of social community. That's another maybe one-tenth of the year. It's amazing how many people don't see each other. But one of the reasons that happens is not so much that work is not making me see you. The truth is that I don't want to see you. So you know when your wife says, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm working late, but go home, I'll come and meet you. Now, some of you know this thing. It's that work eh, that you're working late, you know you could do it tomorrow. In fact, you have you are finished the work, but then you go and meet your boss, and you go and ask the boss for more work. Some people are actively trying to process their move to Abuja branch. Why? Because being at home with you is a big problem. For some of the guys, it is, you know, you are my wife, but you, are, you don't have to be my best friend. There's nothing in the Bible that says you have to be my best friend. I have guys. I, I, you, being married doesn't mean I have to be in bondage. Say I can't like football again. You don't like football. So every Saturday, every Saturday you are at the Heineken uh, Center. So first of all, Monday to Friday, you guys don't see each other because you live at 6 a.m. You work in uh, Isolo, the other one works uh, in VI. And then you just basically sleep on the same bed. Whereas on Saturday, we don't see you. Then on Sunday, one of you is a deacon. The other one has to go on. I'm, no, I'm not, I'm not, Femi, it's not you, it's not, it's not you. Oh, don't come to think about it, you, your work is in Lekki, the other guy is in Ojo Elekba. <laughs> and the guy does travel a bit. <laughs> We're not talking about the Akinwaris. But here's another thing. Here's the other one. It's not necessarily about fight. Fight is one problem. That is, the attitude that we have is keeping us away. But there is another problem that we have. It's just mere distraction. Take a look at this picture. Uh, 
That is, it's a recent, uh, a photographer was doing a project where he was showing the effect of smartphones or not. How many of us know this picture in your life? <laughs> you know what's happening here? This, I find this to be absolutely profound. They are so close. They have the same surname. Yeah? They have the same house. They live in the same house. They sleep in the same room. They sleep on the same bed, and they are still not present with each other. For many of us, the lack of presence is that we may be physically present, but we are in another virtual reality. Your phone, swipe, off. How, you, you, you have finished, you have checked all the notifications on Twitter, you've checked all the notifications on Instagram, you've checked all the notifications on Facebook, right? Then when you finish checking the notification on Facebook, and I'm like, ah, maybe there's something that's come up on Twitter again. <laughs> because Twitter, when you get Twitter, it now says, see new tweets. See new tweets. After two minutes, only three new tweets. You now go back there. You see the article. You now, and your wife is saying, eh, so this thing is, you now say, yeah, yeah. You now be like, and you know you're an idiot. Exactly, exactly. Because <laughs> you're not present. You can never achieve intimacy without being fully present. God brought Adam and he said, so shall a man leave his father and mother. He left, he, he removed his presence from his father and mother and then brought his presence to his wife. The first prerequisite for intimacy, for achieving intimacy, is always present. Amen? Then the second one, if, what is the, what is the um, opposite of openness? Our lack of closeness. <laughs> All right. Well, some of those words are right, but I went with I went with concealment. Concealment. So people are saying, does that word exist? Hey, I know you know the third classes here. Okay, no, no, no. I'm not saying anything against third class people. Third class people are created in the image of God. Um, there were circumstances, condition, you know, yeah. All right. You know, when we think about intimacy, some people are thinking about sex. Now, some people are going to tell you, oh, it's not only about sex. I agree with you, but in marriage, it's a lot about sex, right? I'm going to talk about sex, baby, today. Sorry, I was, I was about, yeah, we will, but it will be in a, in a wider context. But marriage, sex, on the one hand, this is where I think the King James is so profound. I've said this many times. It's about knowledge. It's about knowing. It's about revelation. You know, when you go to, into um, um, Genesis chapter 4, it opens, we say, it says, and Adam knew his wife. I'm like, ah, ah, she didn't know her before me. How did he get married to her? No, but we understand. He knew his wife. And she bore him a son. Why? Is it that they were so prudish that they couldn't say Adam had sex with his wife? No. It was saying something profound about marriage. When you are present with someone, and in the way the Bible has put the marriage covenant to be, that is, we should be present. When you are present with someone, you are present with that person so that you can know the person and so that you can be known by that person. 
However, take this equation down. Presence plus concealment equals frustration. Am I lying? You are present with someone, but that person does not open themselves to you. Now, many of you would say the reason is that I've gone into self-protection mode because I have been hurt so many times in the past. So I'm still in this marriage, yes, but what I'm not going to do is I'm not going to open myself because when I open myself, I'll be judged. When I open myself, all manner of things happen. So I am going into self-protection mode. Now, what is the effect of that? I've heard many people say this. They say, we've been married for five years, but let me not lie, I don't know her. I don't know, I don't know what she can do. I know one person, he said, he's not going back home tonight. I said, why? He said, because she can kill me. He said, somebody that lied like that. I never believed my wife could lie like that. He said, she will kill me. Oh, my mommy. <laughs> Other people, I don't know if you've ever heard somebody say, I never, I never know what he's thinking. It's a closed book. I, don't you feel anything? Don't you? But like, totally closed. It is absolutely frustrating. You are not going out. You are not spending time with other people. You are trying to give yourself, but you are not intimate with this person because despite the fact that two of you are here together, you don't know this person because the person is not opening themselves up to you. They are concealing themselves. And if marriage is about knowing one another, and in that knowledge of one another, you are getting closer, you will not be able to have intimacy, true intimacy, without being open, without being vulnerable. That leads me to the third one, engagement. What is the opposite of engagement? What do you think will be there? See you. See you again. <laughs> it's, not, it's not wrong, but can you give, a, can you give another word? Withdrawal, that's, 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 that would have been a better one. But that's not the one I chose. But something similar. All right. Tomorrow, please, remove, remove the, take away their misery. Silence. 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 There's an eerie silence that you can get from certain couples. And you, the funny thing is, you may be so mistaken, because maybe when each of, maybe those couples, that couple, both husband and wife are fantastic people that when you engage with them individually, it's fantastic. So let's say me and my wife, uh, Yemi and Feyi, Femi and Ituno, we go to Obina and his future wife's house. <laughs> Obina, come, come. There, I feel there's something, there's something there. Take, take, wait, put your hand up. Take, take it. Sorry, catch him, catch him. Get up, get up. Get up. In that. <laughs> but Obina, as we know, imagine his future wife is like him. Just in terms of, okay, <laughs> that would be a rather noisy house. But you go there, you're engaging with Obina, it is lively. You're engaging with the wife, it's lively. She's talking with Tunu, and then Femi is in there, Yemi is in there, Demi and, and Tosi and uh, um, Feyi, and we're just having a great time. Three hours. And then we want to go. And then Obina and I said, no, dessert has not yet finished. <laughs> Three hours. OK, so we wait for dessert one hour. Then we want to go. 
<laughs> and they said, well, let's play uh, Monopoly. <laughs> so, uh, somehow, somehow, shall we shall force ourselves to go. After seven hours, the whole place was rocking. And as we step out like this, as we leave, all of us, it's now Obina and his wife. And they say, all right, good night. <laughs> How do they engage with themselves? Mostly duty. Oh, are you picking up um, the child? Oh, um, the car, li the license needs uh, renewal. Oh, um, I'm sorry, I, I, I'm in Abuja right now. I'm sorry, I forgot to tell you. Someone said, stay there. <laughs> don't, come, don't come back. You will not achieve intimacy in a relationship where there is lack of engagement, where there is silence. Because true intimacy, as we'll see in the second talk, true intimacy, after you are present and you are vulnerable, you are saying, I am here. I'm a human being. Engage with me. But if you do not engage with the person, and then you say you want to be intimate with the person, like say, let's have sex. You know what that is? That is pornography. Because people, the guys that do pornography, you know there's hardly any kind of engagement, any kind of true engagement. Oh, yeah, come. Oh, yeah, come. This is what we're going to shoot. You do this, you do that, you do that. All right. They, sometimes they don't even know each other's names. Requires engagement. The fourth thing. Affirmation. And the opposite here put discouragement. Sadly, in some marriages, when it's gotten really bad, the only engagement that they have does not bring about good. You see, part of the ways our marriages work is our marriages need, if you want to achieve, remember that the goal is to achieve oneness, and oneness is a process. Part of the way you achieve this is by feeding the constant need of affirmation, affirmation of one another's qualities. This helps to deepen intimacy. But far too many spouses, far too many spouses are very good at critiquing. Why was there too much? This rice. My wife knows this one. This is me. The water was too much. You know, there's nothing worse than rice that it's unforgivable to cook rice with too much water. Let's just say it as it is. I can forgive cooking rice without enough water. Why? Because that one can be repaired. You know it can be repaired. Does anybody know how to repair when rice is already soggy? It's finished. Huh? Yeah. So, the guy, so the guy normally cooks correct rice. But that day, that day he was a bit just in a hurry and all of that. And once out of 20 times that he cooked rice and the thing was a bit soggy, that's the problem. And you call yourself a man. You can't cook small rice. Or maybe she was late to pick the children. Because she's always late for everything. And the only thing you can say to her was that you are late again. Never mind the fact that you never ever pick the children. So when they start to engage, it's only discouraging things that come. Some people, it's not that they 
engaged, they actually just neglect. The wife does something wonderful, no mention. The husband does something nice, almost as though it never happened. When you are doing this, you are moving further and further away from creating oneness. What you are doing is creating oneness, but just with yourself. Let's call it two-ness. <laughs> and finally, when you put all of those things together, the last thing is you have closeness. The opposite is what? No, no, no. What do you say? Distance. May the, may the Lord bless you with a wife that is smarter than you. But let's just say that won't be too hard. <laughs> the opposite is distance. You see, two and four are trying to achieve, two to four is trying to achieve closeness, which is another way of defining intimacy. But it's so, and I've said this over again, it's amazing how many couples look so close on the outside, but they aren't in reality. Now, some of us know this by the, our parents, our parents' generation, right? Absolutely fantastic, you know, in church, sitting close together, but actually they weren't close. And so when you put all of these things together, you have people who just are not, you say, are these people married or are these people, they are closer to their siblings. Their siblings know what is happening in the house. Their siblings know exactly where the husband is going, what he didn't do, which um, uh, colleague he's fighting with. And the funny thing is sometimes you can give one of the other, let's say you give the wife some, a piece of news that, oh, we're coming to your house uh, in two weeks' time. So, okay, oh, that's fine. Then you now see the husband one week after. And I'll be like, I hope you people are preparing well for us. They're preparing well for what? Say that we're coming now to your house. Eh? Uh, didn't they tell you? Say, uh, uh, no. So then you feel embarrassed. You now say, oh, I'm not even sure when I told the person. Um, it may be, I think when, you, you understand. Just not close. Now, I'm not saying you can tell your, each other everything. I'm saying important things. Couples who are close, they instinctively, instinctively let the other person know about things. And you combine those five together. Because we are created for intimacy. And now, because we are distant, you know what that leads to? It leads to misery. You see, intimacy is fundamental to our lives in marriage. When you feel like you have not done well in the intimacy, your intimacy with your spouse, you know what that leads to? It makes you feel like you have failed. And for many of us, it's not just that I have failed. You feel like a failure. And that's why we do need God to move in our midst. I don't know if I've touched on um, any of our situations. The good thing is that we don't serve a God who just diagnoses our situation and leaves us there. We serve a God who is able to turn things around. Amen? So in the next session, I'm going to talk about these things again, but how we can work towards intimacy. Because you see, when it comes to the issue of intimacy in our marriages, when it comes to the issue of sex, maybe some of us are struggling with it. The world tries to lie to us that, do you want great sex? 
if you want great sex in your life. It's all a matter of technique. And so many Christians now, today, they feel like, oh, and I recently answered a question about that because it started becoming a thing. Christians feel like it is, some Christians feel like it is fair game for me and my spouse to watch porn because it is educating for us. What is that person trying to say? Is that you see this aspect of sex in our life is not going very well. So what we need is education. We need to learn techniques. The Bible says mm, you need to work for intimacy. Because how you get great, uh, get great sex in your life is not by a formula of do this, have this position, do all of those things. That's what the world tries to sell to us. But what we'll see in the Bible in the next, in the next talk is that you can work for intimacy along these five lines that I have said, and you can not only have a wonderful relationship, you can have great sex as well. I look forward to speaking to you about that in the next session. All right, amen. Thank you for listening to the Gospel in Lagos. We pray you've been blessed by this message. To learn more about City Church, visit www.citychurchlagos.com City Church Love Jesus Love people Love Lagos